Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Oh, I'm giving up, I'm throwing in my hat. I can't take another lifeless little chat. I'm moving up into a cloud, into my fantasy. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. It's been a breakout year for the singer and songwriter Leve. Her name looks like Laufey, but it's pronounced Leve. The Chinese Icelandic musician is now based in L.A., but she was here in New York last year, actually right around this time, to play at the Rockwood Music Hall. Capacity? About 170 people. This year, she's back doing two sold-out nights at Town Hall, which seats about 1,500. Clearly, people are responding to this young singer with the timeless-sounding voice, whose songs look to the great American songbook and the jazz-inflected pop of the mid-20th century. Leve joins us today to play some songs from her latest album, Bewitched. This first one is called Promise.
I called you last night. I shouldn't have. I wouldn't have if it weren't for the sight of a boy. That song is called Promise. It's from Leve, and you'll find a version of it on her new album called Bewitched. Live performance by the band, including String Quartet here in the studio. I'll introduce you to the other musicians presently, but Leve, it's great to have you here with us. Thank you so much for having me. You seem to be enjoying our Steinway over there. Oh, I love it so much. Everything about that song, I mean, the sound, the final chord, you know, I mean, it all just reeks of of an age that actually neither of us were alive for. <laughs> How did you get into this kind of mid-century sound? I think, well, I grew up playing classical music, mm-hmm. so that was kind of, my mother's a violinist, and that was, you know, the the sound of my childhood, but my father really loved jazz music, and, and, um, and so I always heard that also in the house growing up, a lot of Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald and that King Cole, Chet Baker. And I think I found some sort of middle ground between the very, very old and the new in that music. And I just really loved it. There are echoes of some of those old songs. You do an act, you do a version of Misty on, <laughs> on the new record. Yeah. But it is otherwise original songs that are kind of recreating that sound. How far down the rabbit hole do you go? I mean, are, are you recording to analog tape? Is <laughs> everyone in the room at the same time? How does that work? It's um, it's a mix. I think, you know, with this album, Bewitched, I really, you know, was thinking about like the integrity of the music. And also I'm there's I'm always thinking about like, how do I do this properly and understand like the history of this music and do it justice and kind of honor my heroes and I think you know though I have a very modern way of um, recording a lot of these songs most of them were recorded just me and my producer uh, Spencer Stewart in his home studio kind mm. of um, but my way of kind of keeping the integrity was I was quite strict about you know I wanted every single instrument to be recorded live so it's a musician behind every single one of them and and not, you know, a, a computer, if you will. Right. Um, although there's beauty in that, too. I think for me, I just really wanted to hone in on that real sound and and, you know, use vintage microphones instead of putting like an old filter on it, which is quite common nowadays. 
Um, so yeah, uh, but some like Misty, for example, and some of the songs that kind of lean more in the in the jazz verse, um, we recorded at East West Studios in Ho- Hollywood with a with a you know a group, and we all just played it in one take and and use like a nice you know vintage microphone and yeah. to kind of capture that sound. Never knowing my right foot from my left, my hat from my glove. I'm too misty and too much in love. Well, and without getting too far into the weeds, you know, we're, we're in a, a studio, a radio studio, and normally mm. we would put reverb on your voice. But oh. that's that's not the sound, you know. You yeah. Want, you want, I don't like reverb. Yeah, you yeah, like that I've close mic. I love that close kind of Chet Baker, like feel like they're inside your ear kind yeah. of sound. Yeah. Like I want to hear almost the you know the 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 lips smacking. Um, but yeah, I I've fought many front of house men about not wanting <laughs> reverb on my sounds. Well, now, and this is also interesting because this is a big difference from a woman singing in those old days in the 1940s and 50s she would have had a very difficult time getting all the dudes and they were all dudes back then unlike you know you look in there and that's irene behind the control um to to kind of get that kind of control over your sound absolutely it's 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 wild i think i've had one really kind of more negative experience in that specific realm in the past year. And it's been kind of a fight to also understand that I have that power now to kind of call that shot. But I remember I was, you know, I was telling this this uh, front of house engineer, I was like, oh, I, I don't do reverb. And he was like, really? And I was like, no. And I was like, so, and, and we had like this little talk about it. And I was like, don't worry, like, I always ask for reverb. He was like, I'm going to change your mind. And I was like, kind of jokingly, I was like, Many have tried, all have failed, <laughs> and I was standing in the sound check, and I all of a sudden hear it get a little bit echoey, and I stopped singing immediately. I looked at him, I was like, are you turning the reverb up? And he was like, yes, doesn't it sound nice? I was like, no. <laughs> but I realized afterwards, like, wow, you know, thank God I kind of feel the power to be able to say this, because I think, you know, in, in previous times, I maybe I w- wouldn't have. Yeah. So. Um what about songwriting? I mean, uh, if if people like Chet Baker and Ella Fitzgerald are your singing role models, who's mm-hmm. who are the role models for the songwriting? Well, Gershwin, of course. You know, the the writers of the Great American Songbook, Gershwin, mm-hmm. Irving Berlin, Cole Porter. Cole Porter, yeah. Yeah, um, those are all kind of Ro- Rogers and Hammerstein, of course. Those are kind of like, I think my musical like composition legends. I think Gershwin is really interesting to me because I think he was maybe one of the first composers to kind of successfully cross between classical and jazz without you know losing the integrity of either audience. Um, but you know, there's of course Taylor Swift and Sarah Bareilles and mm. these and Carol King. These you know singers, these female singer songwriters that were just good storytellers. Right. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Taylor Swift because a lot of these songs on Bewitched are about love affairs in various <laughs> stages of either coalescing or falling apart or, you know, what is this thing that exactly. we're in? And, you know, uh, it's a lot of the same. Absolutely. Kind of- yeah. Well, people, I always say that Taylor Swift has really inspired my songwriting because growing up, I listened to jazz, classical and Taylor. 
<laughs> which is, you know, really informed my songwriting, I think. But, you know, she had a way of bringing out this emotion in me when I was, you know, 10 about some boy and I'd never talked to a boy before. It was just, you know, she told such a potent story and I think I really admired that. You know, there was a whole movie unfolding within each song and, and I wanted to do that with my own songwriting. Yeah. Um, when you look out at the audience, are you seeing your age group? Are you seeing much older people for whom this is like nostalgia? <laughs> I, who, who, are, who are you playing to? I, I would say mostly people around my age or even younger I, the gen z audience is kind of the main audience i think does that surprise you it does and it doesn't it does because of course like the the music i i've made and and want to make it has traditionally been for older audiences at least in you know recent years but i've made a point in in the last 2 or 3 years of introducing this specifically to my age group because I think there's so many wonderful singers that you know sing to older age groups this kind of music but I kind of have this dream of keeping it alive within you know the younger pop scene and I think you know pop culture stops starts with the youth so I've kind of targeted myself there Mm. if you will and and again just really want to like I know I know my generation so well. I know how receptive they are towards music and new um, and music of any genre. And I think they just want someone to relate to and a story to relate to. So I kind of made a point out of, you know, playing for them first. But I also see, you know, a lot of parents and, and older couples as well and, and younger kids as well. I kind of, you know, I my hope at the end of the day is that it's music that can that you can turn on in the car and nobody gets annoyed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like such a simple goal, and yet, as anybody who's ever been a parent with kids in the car knows, that is the gold standard. <laughs> if, you, if you can get something that everybody's okay with, that you, you don't let that go. <laughs> My guest is Leve, and uh, we're hearing some live performances of songs from her new record called Bewitched. California and Me is one of a couple of tracks on the album, Leve, where... You have the Philharmonia Orchestra. Yes. The whole orchestra with <laughs> yeah. you. So how does that happen? You just say, hey, you know what? I want the Philharmonia. Let me call up the Philharmonia <laughs> Let me call Orchestra. Up the Philharmonia. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it kind of was like that. I um, Well, I was really fortunate during the pandemic. I think I'd released about two songs, and the artistic director at the time of the Philharmonia Orchestra just sent me an email. I didn't have a manager at the time. It went straight to my inbox. And and um, and I was, of course, freaking out because my dream has always been to kind of mesh these worlds together. And I, my mother was in the Iceland Symphony, so I grew up backstage at an orchestra. And, and I just knew that I would be able to record it. With I just need to find a way to do it. But yeah, he, he reached out and was like, do you want to do a song? And I was like, I have the perfect song in mind. And so it was still like deep pandemic and they recorded it. The Philharmonia recorded it in London. I think it was like pandemic, just like project. And I recorded my part in the States and then we put it together and put it out. And it ended up being, and still to this day, is one of my most popular songs. It's called Let You Break My Heart Again. My pie, pretend that we are more. For this album, I really wanted to lean into my roots. I found after the first album that the songs that, especially the young audiences, uh, 
really resonated with were the songs that either most closely resembled jazz standards or the ones that were recorded with a symphony orchestra, mm. funnily enough. So for this album, I just really wanted to lean into that. And California and Me is a song that I, I'd written with orchestra in mind. And I said, you know, the last time we did it, it went pretty well. So maybe maybe we'll do it again. And this time I got to go to London and record it with them. And Great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's you can't fake that sound. Uh, many you have really tr- can't. many have tried. Um, well, let's hear this. Uh, so this is kind of like the chamber music version. This is yes. This is the string quartet yeah. reduction. <laughs> okay. um, but it is in no way a reduction because it sounds so beautiful still. And um, yeah. All right. Let's hear a le- another live performance from Leve and her ensemble here in the studio. The song is called California and Me. Go back to New York Don't consider Me when you run back to her You don't have to hide it I know why you went Said you needed space I know better that.
Leve with California and Me. Live performance in our studio. The uh, full orchestral version on her album, Bewitched, but this version with Leve at the piano. And the string quartet, Kevin Kuh playing violin, Tiffany Weiss violin, Anna Maria Christine Stromer, viola, and Tiger Darrow the cello. And then there's the rest of the band who sat that one out, uh, Dario Bizio on bass, Maverick McMillan behind our drum kit, and Heather Rivas playing the keyboard, uh, which will become more important in the because in the next song, uh, Levy is switching to guitar. Um, Levy, just as an outsider, it seems to me that this has all happened very fast for you. But now, <laughs> it's your life and your career. Has it has it seemed that way to you, or is it exactly the opposite? It definitely feels quite fast, I think. I mean, the it's I've, I've been playing music my whole life, so I think that part's been marinating for a second. But um, but yeah, since since I started releasing music, it's come come about quite fast. It's very I'm very happily surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if you touched a nerve or filled a a, a niche a need that nobody knew was there in in yeah. your generation. Well, I. Th- yeah, it is kind of funny. Well, I think for me, you know, growing up a young classical and jazz musician, I saw that hole that, you know, there was no one there. I, I like to say I kind of became the artist that I wanted to see and have to relate to when I was younger. And I think I grew up in such a world of, you know, young musicians who cared about that kind of music that um, that wanted to listen to that kind mm-hmm. of music. And I think I th- I was just thinking about how all the music I listened to was old, uh, older musicians and and musicians I couldn't go to a concert to see. And so I thought, you know, wait a minute, there's no reason that I I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Now you have a twin sister. I mean, do you have the same musical tastes or is she out listening to to metal and hip hop or? (laughs) To a T. She's, yeah, we have really, really similar music tastes. Like I think... 10 out of 10 times she sends me something that is like remarkable to her it is remarkable to me um but yeah she i honestly i think she listens to even wider variety of music um i get most of my music recommendations from her she like does the research for me okay and uh obviously you write these songs in english i'm assuming you grew Mm up probably trilingual is that right yes yeah so (laughs) Icelandic, Chinese, and English. At what point did the English come in, and and does that become the language of the songs because that's the tradition? Or <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Icelandic is. I think Chinese was the first language I learned, and my mother's Chinese, and then my father's Icelandic. So, mm-hmm. um, and I I lived in Iceland. I was born in Iceland, so, you know, I think when I was like a kid, it was Icelandic to dad and Chinese to mom, and then they always spoke English together and I actually moved back and forth from Washington DC a lot growing up. So when I was a, a tiny toddler, you know, when you're learning how to speak, mm-hmm. I lived in the States and then I moved back to Iceland. And then when I was six to nine, when you're learning to read and write, I lived in the States. So I left with an American accent and there's no turning back. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And then I, and then I went to college. I went to Berkeley here right. as well. And English for me is the easiest language to write in. It's just, I think, probably because there's just, 
it's such a multi, you know, America or, or England even, just English has been so mixed. There's so many words available yeah. from different, you know, you have Germanic words and Roman words, like with these different roots, whereas like Icelandic is like the oldest form of Germanic and that only. So I think there's just like more words and therefore <laughs> more rhymes and more people who will understand it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Although Bewitched is your latest album, it's not your latest release. You teamed up with Biba Doobie. I did. The, the Filipino-British singer-songwriter on a song called A Night to Remember. Oh, yeah. Which is, again, uh, you mentioned storytelling before. It's, it's this wonderful story of kind of a one-night stand. Yeah. But you and she kind of flipped the script a bit, right? We did, yeah. Well, we, so we wanted to write a song that was a little bit darker and moodier than than usual we've both been releasing a lot of like kind of cutesy songs uh-huh. and, and kind of want to show the world that like we could be dark as well <laughs> <laughs> and um you know there's so many songs about getting rejected as a woman or especially this one night stand thing it's yep. like usually the narrative is that you know the woman wants more and the man doesn't and we thought what if we make it so that the man wants more and we're just like nope yep bye that's it <laughs> And it's set to a, a kind of a bossa nova shuffle. Oh, yeah. Which is similar to the, the rhythm of the next song we're going to hear called uh-huh. From the Start. So that sound, uh, not necessarily associated with the great American songbook, but it's not so far removed. You think of Frank Sinatra and Antonio right, right. Carlos Jobim and yeah. that sort of thing. Where does that come from? Absolutely. For you? I mean, I love Brazilian music and listen to a lot of it and was kind of, you know, trying to find a way of, of blending that into my own own sound. There's this album called Amoroso that has just the most beautiful string arrangements, in my opinion, that I really took a lot of inspiration from in all of my songs. But there's um there's one album called Beach Samba by Astrid Gilberto that mm. I kind of discovered before um before writing this album and I just became enthralled with it. It sounds so lively and playful and kind of has a little bit of that kitschy kind of 60s sound. Um, And I kind of wanted to find a way to infuse that into my own songwriting. Well, job done with uh, (laughs) From the Start. Let's let's hear a live performance in our studio from Leve with the full band. Here is the song called From the Start. Don't you notice how I get quiet when there's no one else around Me and you and awkward silence Don't you dare look at me that way I don't need reminders of how you don't feel the same Oh, the burning pain Listening to you harp on about some new soulmate She's so perfect, blah, blah, blah Oh, how I wish you'll wake up one day Want to me confess 
start from Leve and her band here live in our studio a version of that is on the album called Bewitched and I noticed that you have a book club I do and uh, currently reading Girl Interrupted yes um, and it looks like a lot of the books that you've read or are reading in the book club are not from like the same time period as as we've been talking about they're not like Faulkner or oh, Hemingway no, no. or, you know, older, <laughs> like, 40s and 50s books. It's, it's more contemporary stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, a lot of female authors. Um, I just love a good story. That's kind of, I love fiction, so yeah. that's that's kind of the goal, but... I, yeah. I saw you, you, you had uh, Secret History by Donna Tartt. That's my favorite book of all time. It's very close to being mine as well. Really? Yes. Have you read her other books? Yes. I've read pretty much all of them. Uh, but that one, that That's one is, one. yeah, it's just a, a work of genius, I think. Yeah, I think listen to some good, like, Bach and that, and it's, like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> one final question. Uh, you, you mentioned you were classically trained. The cello is your main in- was your main instrument, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, and yet we've heard you on guitar and piano. So where did the singing, where, where did you learn to sing like this? I, I don't know. I think, you know, when, you're, when you grow up a string player, you kind of grow up singing and, and learning to, you, you're singing on your instrument in tune, you know. And um, I think... 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it just came from listening to a lot of like Ella Fitzgerald, listening also to a lot of like Judy Garland and and these kind of like musical films that you watch as a kid, like Sound of Music, Wizard of Oz, and and almost just you know copying their singing and and um, yeah, I don't really All know. Right. <laughs> Because I grew up listening to a lot of those same things, and you don't want to hear me croaking out a song, so <laughs> there's something going on there. But, uh, Leve, it's really been great having you and the band here in the studio. Congratulations on what really has been a tremendous year this past year. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks to our technical director, Irene Trudell, who had additional engineering support today from George Wellington. Joe Enright shot our videos. Karen Havlick helped out with that and uh, is also our producer. I'm John Schaefer. You can keep up with everything we're doing on New Sounds by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter. Just text New Sounds to 70101 or sign up on the website at newsounds.org. I trace it all back 3.30 a.m. That night something turned in my heart. While you were sleeping, I fell.